Welcome to the Whip It Out podcast with Nicole and Sophie, the dog grooming podcast with sass. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Hello everybody, welcome to Whip It Out. We're a little bit of a day late on the release today because me and Sophie are just having just, we're just having bad days. One of those weeks guys and, and we were like, oh look, right, let's, let's be happy and we're like, you know what, let's be honest, okay, sometimes life is rubbish and sometimes you feel rubbish and that is okay so here we are today um without our show faces on telling you it's okay keep plodding along just like we are (laughs) and it's okay to be a miserable bitch every now and again (laughs) i honestly though i had the worst luck yesterday the 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 neighbor saga continued and we ended up having to make a police statement yesterday and they went round, and as I was going out uh, outside to tell Ryan, because he was in the workshop, I was skipping across the, the stepping stones that we've got, and I made a little bit of a leap too far and landed on a bit of a dodgy angle, twisted my ankle, scraped all the skin off my knee, and fell face first into the mud. Oh, Nick. And, and Nick's camera's broken, so I can't see her today. So I'm just imagining a really gruesome knee and I'm probably egging it up a bit just because I feel sorry for her because I feel sorry for myself. <laughs> Do you know what, right? It's no worse than when an eight-year-old grazes the knee, but I hammed it up something rotten. I had my foot elevated yesterday. <laughs> I nope. had the peas on my ankle. And we were also saying another time this week, me and Nicole have both turned to cross. I'm not sure how many of you groomers are creative and like to turn to craft to kind of distress. And both of us ended up worse because um, Nicole had Prosecco and managed to spill Prosecco over her project. And I managed to burn myself and cause a blister with a glue gun. So <laughs> that sums up our weeks. It's just not good. And just to sum it all up for me, I'm homeschooling. So, and, and isolating yeah yeah so my my son someone in my son's bubble has covid so anybody who is mums out there who's had to homeschool anything older than a four-year-old theodore six will know and feel my pain i have threatened violence quite a few times this week <laughs> i am not built to be a teacher i'm really not but i was just we're doing maths so it's how many ones going to a 10 pence piece so I'm saying, right, okay, Theodore, how many ones go into a 10 pence piece? One. No, no, no. How many ones go into 10? One. And I'm like, no, 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 it's 10. It's 10. <laughs> I have just got no patience. Oh, it's funny. Have you seen that? Um, I think it's Tesco advert recently. That is like, no one's on a naughty list. And they say things like, they might, I might have bought quite a lot of toilet rolls. I might have not taught my kids math, <laughs> like all different things that people have done in the lockdown. They're like, I never, um, I never sponsored. Is it was it Sir Tom or whoever that was? That yeah. Was and they're like, no, you didn't not do that. That's just out of order. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just really> funny. <laughs> this year is just such a strange year, and now and obviously with this vaccine, like, what are you thinking about the vaccine, Nick? Would you have it? I am totally split and I hate the vaccine talk right because everybody has an opinion on it and I think it's a very personal thing 
um i'm person i'm a worrier so i'm personally quite worried about it and the that i don't want to give it to my son yeah i don't think that there has been enough information about how the vaccine will um affect a child who's growing yeah because it's just simply however much money and research they've put into it they haven't had enough time to see yeah, what to the long-term see effects. The effects yeah yeah so I at always... the moment i'm not going to have it um obviously we're not entitled to it anytime soon anyway but i'm not going to have it and i certainly wouldn't be having my son have it just because for me i just don't personally feel like there's enough there to convince me to do it weighing out between what the risks are of actually catching covid in the first place yeah it's hard isn't it it's really hard like you said everyone's going to have their own opinion of it um but for me, it's just how quick it's happened. It's just so weird. And I've, I I, don't know. I think there's a lot of people that have grown in the last year more and more mm, kind of wary of how the government has kind of worked through this and therefore untrust them a bit. And that's kind of where I'm at. But everyone's different, aren't they? And I'm a warrior like you. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe the injection will make people happier and slimmer as well so that might be quite nice for me Ooh, so wouldn't that be a bonus wouldn't it be a bonus so I what we talking about i was Go just on, gonna sorry, just finish it off by just saying that i think to balance that argument out a little bit i think there does need to be an element of trust in the people who've done it and yeah. who created it because i mean if we can't trust our doctors pharmacists and you know like where would we be so yeah, I think you do need to make an uh, like your own decision and and research as much as what you feel comfortable researching and you know just do you. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is it is strange, isn't it? But let's see let's see what happens, shall we? Let's just see what happens. So Nicole, we've heard about your neighbour dispute and how it's going. Any news on anyone else? Yeah, so I have a nightmare neighbour story from Jane Sweeney and she said, yes, I've had a nightmare neighbour, had the dog warden round, letters from the council about noisy dogs, which is very rare, being rude to my customers, I'm still open, business is busy. Hmm. I think it's hard because, like you said, it's one thing when you've got a shop because you know that you have like, you know, a shop's been there forever and... You know, it's uh, people when they buy houses near existing shops, they can expect that there's going to be traffic. And yeah. I think that when you work from home and neighbours are used to a sort of way of living, that it's just, it's a big change for them. And a yeah. lot of people are very set in their ways. So I think that... I think I kind of agree, but I kind of disagree as well, Nick, because in respects of salons, um, I've had some really awful neighbours too. So I had um, a neighbour um, that was really aggressive and we had to call the police on them. Um, you used to have a shop and above the shop, you had an awful neighbour. You haven't had much luck, have you? Oh my God. No, to be fair, right, it wasn't that she was a bad person. She was mentally ill. Yeah. So it was very different and I had a lot more tolerance for that lady because she was lost. She was one of these people who was just lost to the system. Mm -hmm. um, she regularly stopped taking her meds and when she did, she acted very erratically. So I saw the one time she threw um, all of her 
crockery out the window, all of her plates and bowls and cups. And her, obviously, because her flat was above our shop, it all landed on our doorstep. And when I came on the Monday morning, it was literally glass and pottery everywhere. Yeah, that's really... Yeah, she threatened us a couple of times, but again, it like she literally got up in my face and called me a slag. No, well, she weren't too wrong there, was she? Nick? Wasn't wrong. I couldn't <laughs> argue with her. <laughs> and then um, next door to another one of our salons, at one point, we would hear um, a bit of a noise like this. Or oh, this is another guest, the noise guys. It's like against the wall. And she always was in like um, interesting clothing and it was kind of like a massage parlour and we thought, hmm, might be some happy endings going on there. So uh, She's giving extras there, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. And also on another note, sorry, I was just thinking about extras and like releasing some fluid of some kind and then it brought me on to the fact the other day my dog in the car released its anal glands. Oh, no. Oh, that smell, guys. Surely there's nothing worse. Well, I, I said that on my own Instagram and someone came back and said skunk. Have you ever I smelled skunk? I haven't. I haven't smelled skunk, but I always assumed it was very similar to anal glands because isn't it for the skunk shoot out of their anal gland sack? I'm not sure. Maybe we need to look at that. We, I know that we do have some American listeners who yeah. deal with skunked dogs quite a lot. So if you... If, you could tell us about the skunk let us yeah. know because we we need to know about this we need to know about the skunk and the spunk <laughs> sorry <laughs> sophie <laughs> i'm tired i was just thinking about the delirious <laughs> i was just thinking about that noise and thinking well that spunk and then spunk and then the aim of stop talking <laughs> and that's all from me this week thank you very much whip it out swiftly on should we go on to what's that noise that 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 goes quite nicely onto the what's that noise it's time for what's that sound so we've got somebody on today that's going to guess the noise so i'm going to give her a quick call now hello hello who am i speaking to this is nina Hello, Nina. How are you, lovely Nina? I'm all right, thank you. How are you both? Yeah, yeah we're all right. We're okay. <laughs> we're, we're okay. We're, we're having a bit of a week, so we're hoping you can cheer us up, Nina. Oh, I'll give it a bash. <laughs> so last week, guys, we asked um, you lovely lot, what was this sound? So we're going to play it again for you. And for Nina, you can listen. And then you're going to guess, Nina, how are you feeling? Okay, I'm not very confident, but I'll, I'll do my best. Okie dokie. Nick, if you could play that noise. Okay. And Nina, what is that noise? Right, I'm just going to take a, a wild stab in the dark and just say that it's putting your clippers into the, into the clipper charger. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers you up, you're welcome. Do, do you know, we really didn't expect someone to get that on the first go. <laughs> Not in any way, shape or form. I didn't get it in the first go. I didn't get it in the first ten. Nina, I feel like this is you this is what? a fluke. They do that way too often. <laughs> it's a fix, guys. It's a fix. Nina didn't. And Nicole must yeah, have told her. I didn't. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell you, Sophie. <laughs> well, do you know what you've won, Nina? No, do you win something? 
you do win something. You are going to be the first owner. Now, Nina, oh. are you sat down? Because this is a big one. Okay, you... fine, I'll sit down if I fall down. Go on. You're going to get a whip it out mug. Yes, mate. Oh, my Lord Almighty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely buzzing. And, and have you got anything planned for this mug? Like, what are you going to do with this mug? Um, drink out of it. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. That's what we like to hear, Nina. That's what we like to hear. One girl, <laughs> one mug. You heard it like Really? You took it too far. <laughs> Below the belt there. Below the belt. So brilliant. That means we get to move on to a second noise. It does. Which is... I haven't done it because I wasn't expecting anyone to guess it. <laughs> so by the time this podcast goes out, I will get that second noise for you because we were expecting this to go on a little bit longer. Thanks for that, Nina. <laughs> and you guys, guys, I'm going to say a couple of times. So this is the noise. And here it is again. And one more time for luck. Let's hope you're like Nina and can win a mug. A mug or a mug. Now, Nina, so I was following you on Facebook and you've had a bit of a situation happening at yours. And it's it's not a great story, but it's something that definitely people need to be aware of. So just tell us a little bit about what's been going on. Right, well, um, it's not going to cheer you up. Maybe a little bit at the end, but... So what happened was um, my lovely Cocker Spaniel got pregnant uh, it was a whoopsie litter, obviously. Really well-behaved uh, owner of me. So she was having um, my poodles, puppies, and um, we were well-prepared. Everything was, like, fine. And um, we got her scanned and everything. And then when she went into labour, she had one puppy. Um, and then she just started taking a bit of a turn. She started throwing up. I checked her gums, and her gums had gone white. So we took her into the emergency vet's and they'd said that her uterus had ruptured so they wanted to take her into surgery and uh actually took four hours before they did the surgery for her and by the time she got on the table five minutes into being on the table her heart had failed and she'd lost all the other puppies so we lost her and the other puppies and had to hand rear her baby but she is now four and a half weeks so well actually Saturday she's five weeks old and she's doing amazing it was a lot of hard work though it's like having a baby or probably harder (laughs) oh Nina that's such a sad Uh, it was yeah hard yeah really hard I just I really feel for you like what a horrible experience to go through and then obviously that must have been around the lockdown time that she was born. It was, well, actually, I didn't get to say goodbye to her either because she was in, she was in, like, before she went into surgery when we found out that her uterus had ruptured, we weren't allowed in because of COVID. So I was just like a ball of mess on the, in the car park, in the car, while they were telling me. So I couldn't even go in and see if she was all right or say goodbye or anything like that. So that was horrible. And and how old was she, Nina? She was only three. Oh, Nina. She was well, uh, health as well. She was really healthy. It was just, it was like worst case scenario type of thing. But uh, the like happy part of it is obviously we did get to save her puppy 
and we've got our ashes back and what we're doing is getting our ashes put into a pendant and putting it on the puppy's collar Aww. so she can have a man with her but all the other puppies as well are in the ashes so she'll have a whole entire family on a collar oh that is just so lovely i'm just i just yeah i just really feel for you i think that's not a happy story but it does like you said you've got not this lovely story, little but at least we got one out of it and we, yeah. we managed to save her thankfully so yeah. she still troops on so how many times like did you have to feed this brand new because i've never had a litter ever and um, how often do you actually have to feed them right so when the when the first born you have to make sure everything's sterilized the same as a baby um, you have to have the bottles and you prepare the bottle and they, they have to be warm, the same as a baby. Um, and you have to feed them every two hours. Uh, some people do it every one, but she was perfectly fine doing it every two hours. But quite often they don't survive if they don't get the colostrum off the mum. But luckily, even though Luna was in pain, she made sure she got on the teat. And because she got on the teat within the first 12 hours, that was probably what helped her survive. So Luna must have known to like to help her survive she she done that for her so every two hours you have to feed them they have to be between 29 and 32 degrees at all times within the first week and then you can drop it to tw between 21 and 29 degrees in the second week and then it goes lower than that because they can't stabilize the body temperature until they're about six weeks so but they can survive in a house normal when they're about four weeks without heat so, oh well, about three weeks she was all right. She was off the um, heat after three weeks. So you have to change the bedding once a day. You have to make sure you're feeding them every two hours. You have to birth them, and you have to poo and wee them because they can't do that themselves. So what do you mean poo and wee them? She means that you have to lick the bum holes. No, basically <laughs> the mum. Yeah, basically. But I didn't put my tongue down there, thankfully. Um, <laughs> The, the mum would normally stimulate and lick around the like private areas and you would have to uh, and then and then the poo so they can't actually physically poo our we themselves until they're about three weeks so you have to like get like a wet cloth and stimulate around the like the bum hole and around the vulva or penis or whatever they've got and um and then and then the poo are we wow and so but sometimes it takes up to half an hour for them to poo so you have to sit there stick a movie on stick them on your knee stimulate around the bum hole for like half an hour until the poo because they have to poo every single time because they can actually die if they don't poo you can probably get away with every other time but they need to poo the, how how does a dog sorry how does a dog, sorry, you went a bit quiet there. How does a dog know to do this? Like for me, when I had my first child, I had no idea. So how does a, does the bitch know what to no, do? You don't need to lick their arsehole, don't you? <laughs> she said you don't need to lick their arsehole. Oh, well, are you not supposed to? I did that. I knew that part. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, still... you're definitely not supposed to. Well, you, you say that, Sophie, right? You say that you don't know what to do when you first become a mum. Well, they're you still do. alive, aren't they? Yeah, they're still alive. You did it. Yeah, you did it. Well, yeah, after a lot of help and a lot of research. At the end of the day, you've won. You did. You're a winner. Well yeah, done, Sophie. Well done. <laughs>
Well done, Nina, I think. Well done, Nina. Well, thank you for joining us, Nina, and we will get your no mug problem. sent out to you. Um, awesome. So that uh, concludes What's That Sound, so see you later. See you later, Nina. Yeah, thank you. See you later. Oh, by the way, what did you yeah. name the new puppy? She's called Skittles, um, which was a birth name because we were just going to call them loads of like food names and then no more dogs came out. So it kind Aww. of stuck, but I call her Skitsy Jitsy. Like a whip it. <laughs> whip it out. Whip it out. Okay, oh. right. That um that's great. Thank you for that, Nina. We'll send your mug over to you. So enjoy your mug, your mug. <laughs> <laughs> wee, wee, wee. <laughs> okay, so wow. Yeah. Happy stories, Nick. But Happy I think story. it's really interesting to think. Like for me, right, obviously because I'm not a breeder and I know that there'll be loads of people, especially groomers who do breed their own dogs and know a lot about this and we're just total rookies. But I didn't realise so much went into it. I literally just thought that dogs just got pregnant and then they just gave birth and it was just like that as easy as that. Yeah, I just, well, I, I know for me, like when I had my little girl, I was checking that she was breathing every few seconds. And when I looked after puppies, um for my cousin because she used to breed golden retrievers I'd always really worry it's like at the start of the first lockdown Nikki um who we had on here naked um, naked we didn't have her naked we have had other people naked but Nikki wasn't naked but anyway Nikki from creative uh what's creative group riddles that's it from Riddle's creative box is what she's trying to say. Thank you, guys. Um, she had puppies at the start of the first lockdown, and I was watching it live on Facebook because she was putting it out there, and I was I was hooked, absolutely hooked. I spent the best part of two hours just staring at watching her live and watching these puppies come out and being so nervous and worried and everything. And I wasn't even in the room, so how the hell did people do it? I don't know. I do not know crazy but I, I have heard a lot of it because a few of my clients have I've, I, I know that everybody has this client where they go are you going to get get a spade and they go no we think we'll have one litter out of her just yeah. for her oh yeah because I'm sure she'll love that mate <laughs> yeah mate no I don't yeah no, no definitely definitely seems a lot more complicated and I think I'll definitely give that a swerve my well one of yeah. my dogs is spade the other one's due in so 100% getting them done yeah so, I I on, Sophie Yes, let's move on. Let's move on. We are going to talk today about pricing. Now, this is a bit of a, an edgy one for me and Sophie because we totally disagree. Yeah. So with the way we're feeling tonight, it could end up in a big, big argument. So <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. We'll start calling each other names. We'll hang up. We'll come back. And in the end, we'll reach an agreement to disagree and agree to disagree. I, I never agree to disagree, so let's have it out loud. About pricing. So we want to say that, you know, everybody always has this um, talk on Facebook. This conversation goes on on Facebook a lot about what someone down the road is charging or what should be a base price. Um, how much should you charge for a grooming service? So Sophie, where do you stand? So for me, I have made some rookie mistakes in my past. And I, just to give you a bit of a backstory, if you don't know my story. So I bought my first grooming salon um, from my cousin when I was 18. Um, and she was probably one of the higher priced groomers in the area. Um, 
So I didn't actually up my prices for about eight years, which was absolutely crazy because just with inflation, you should be upping your prices, let alone and then to make a better profit margin for yourself. But I didn't up them. I was nervous to up them. Um, and yeah, I just wasn't really aware. I was just keeping the business ticking along, but actually knowing the bottom line and understanding why you need to up your prices and how to up your prices. Um, I kind of missed a trick on. Anyway, um, however, I've had three salons, been involved in four salons around the UK and Northern Ireland. And I don't think it matters where you are in the country the, to decide how you're going to price it. And you shouldn't be looking at your pricing structure against your competition because you need to work out what you are, what your unique selling point is, why you want to stand out and how much you want to charge for that service. Not just because Joe down the road is charging that. So you're undercutting over by a pound. And I think our industry is is really crazy with how much we charge like I think we need to charge more if I'm completely honest so how do you feel then about say let's say somebody who's charging 25 pounds for a Yorkie 25 pound for a Yorkie I think is too little um I we don't touch a dog like for grooming wise for less than I think 45 now um so I think 25 is so little if you're talking about how long it's going to take. So say they could even do a Yorkie in an hour. Um, that's £25 for that hour. But then you take all of your rent, your electricity, your bills, your your time. And then what you need to think of yourself is as a business. So you need to make a profit, not just a wage. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people are doing is they, they just try and think, well, one, they feel awkward about money and a lot of groomers went into it, not because they want to become a business person, but because they want to be a groomer and then they're just falling into working to themselves. And I feel like the business part is really something you need to be aware of because I wasn't and I really should have upped my prices a lot sooner. So here's where we really disagree. And I think a great part of this disagreement is the fact that Sophie is down in London and I am up near Middlesbrough, which is one of the most underprivileged places in the UK, right? So Sophie's laughing now because she thinks that it doesn't matter. But I know for a fact that it does matter because what your rent is compared to what my rent is, is totally different. So for example, how much, how much is your rent? So our rent, uh, depending on which salon it is, is between about 1,200 a month up to 1,008. Okay, so one of my groom, I'm, I'm a home groomer, so I don't want to compare it to that. But one of my grooming friends, who's just around the corner from me, £220 a month. Yeah, fair point. So I understand that the pricing structure that, to cover the costs of that. Um, but if, how much do you pay for your haircut? I pay £70 for my haircut. So, so and that's just for it cut or cut? No, that's, that is for my hair to be cut, washed and blow dried and I get a full head of highlights. And where do you, do you go to a salon for that or do they yes, come to a house? A okay. So for me, if I wanted to have that done at a hairdresser's, I'm probably looking at about a hundred plus. Um, but I, the reason why I'm not about the location. So I understand that in certain areas, 
I don't want to contra- contradict myself. I feel like... You're going to contradict yourself, which means Nicole wins! No, no, it isn't. So, for instance, we've got salons, and we say London, and we make out London's, like, this must, most affluent area, but we've got two salons, and one of them is in not a very um, posh area in the slightest. And um, actually, there's quite a big difference in the two areas that we have salons, but we charge the same. And you might think that London sounds like it's expensive. Yes, but there is also some not very nice, like, or less affluent areas of London. And we're still charging the same. Okay. I appreciate that. However, you are surrounded by people in London. It is the capital city. You're surrounded by people who generally have a higher minimum wage than anybody anywhere else in the country, which means that your customers generally, the ones who work in the city... The ones that are around you, they all have a higher amount of money coming in as a statistic. So, for example, around here, we've got the highest rate of unemployment in the country. Yeah. I think it's between us and Hull. I think there's there's two areas um, who have a really low, low unemployment rate. And I'm not saying it's just those two areas because there is a lot of areas. So there's, I know that there's some in Manchester, Liverpool, and all that kind of thing. So people who don't live near big cities. Okay. But what, but Nick, what, what changes? I pay the same amount of money for my shampoo as you pay for your shampoo if we're using the same brand. Yeah. You pay the same amount of money for your dryer as I pay for my dryer. If you're working on a minimum wage, so not looking at the national living wage, but the minimum wage, it's the same where I am as it is where you are. Right. So the only difference is what? The rent. It's the, the main difference is the rent. And you've also got to take into account that the, your customers, the ones who are going to pay that. So I'm, I'm one of the higher, I charge one of the highest around my area and I charge £35 for a cockapoo. So that's that, so cheap. You say that that's cheap, but to people around this area, that is very expensive. So £35, yep. but how can your hairdresser charge you £90? She charges me £70, if you oh, want. sorry, £70. Sorry. Start, start listening, start listening. All right, yeah, yeah, I'm tired, love, I'm tired. So £70, right. and I'm in her chair for three hours. Yeah, I just... Uh, I really think, like, but, but <laughs> I'm too tired for this discussion, Nick, for me to really like I'm here. winning. That's... You, yeah, you know what? How I'm feeling, you win. Yes. You win everything. I'm off. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, feel, I, I think what you need to do is find a happy medium. In terms of you've got to look at your business. Yeah. You've got to say, okay, I my, my rent's let's just sit let's split the difference yes my rent 600 quid right yeah my rent 600 quid it costs me you work out how much shampoo you're using on each breed or however much shampoo that you need to use in a week for example or an average week or an average month then uh, calculate that cost in obviously if you have any staff that's a completely different kettle of fish um you also need to calculate like sophie said your wage and then you're wanting some profit on top of that as well. I, yeah. in, my, in my, obviously I work from home, so I don't have the um, the outgoings, which is a Brucey bonus. However, I also can't have the volume. So I will charge a higher premium. It means I can spend a little bit longer with each dog. So it means I can charge a higher price for each dog. 
Um, whereas I think that you've also got to look at the skill involved and what type of groomer that you want and what uh, what kind of groomer you are, sorry, and what clientele yeah. you're hitting. Because there is people who, for example, just want to have a shave off. So you could make money technically as a groomer. You don't have to have any qualifications. We all know that. You could go and learn how to shave off dogs and that is your clientele. 20 quid, I'll do my dog a shave off and there's a business there for you. People will pay for that. And Yeah, but you've got to think, Nick, if if you're going to pay 20 quid for a shave off, right, let's say that, right, realistically, that is going to take someone, if they're doing a bath, dry and a shave off, okay, Mm -hmm. that is going to take someone at least an hour, right, surely. If you were to charge 20 quid, go to someone's house, or they come to you, whatever it is. Like, if you're a, a mobile groomer that goes into people's houses and you don't even do... Some people don't even do baths. They literally go and shave the dog without a bath. But fair enough, if you're not doing a bath, that's fine. You'd, you'd charge less because you're not having to use shampoo, you're not having to spend the time bathing, drying, paying for a dry, paying for electric. But even if you're going to someone's house, you still have to travel to that person's house. Mm-hmm. So let's work out on an hour, okay? So an hour, okay and you're drying, bathing, and clipping the whole dog off, okay? And and tidying it up afterwards so it's all nice and neat and tidy, okay? Mm-hmm. Realistically, there is enough shampoo, electrics, time to get to the dog, or your salon fees, etc. that really you're only making £10 an hour if you charge well, 20. Well, you say that, but some people, especially for shavos, if they're in a salon, could use a cabinet dryer. Yeah, but then that's, yeah, fair enough. But then you're also talking about the cost of buying a cabinet dryer. Which is a one-off cost at the at the start, which... I think £20 is crazy cheap and there's no room for profit in that. Well, I think it's all relative and I don't think that anybody can say that, say, £25 is too cheap or I would probably say that the amount of profit that you would make in a London salon of 45 quid, what is what would you charge for a cockapoo? So if they come every six weeks, the price starts at 48, I think. Right, so 48 pound compared to my 35 pound for a cockapoo. But my rent, let's just say I'm in that salon that I mentioned, is five times cheaper than yours. So the groomer here, although they're charging less, is probably actually making more profit than you. No, I feel I feel like if I'm completely honest, I get your point. I get your point. Do you up your prices every year? Yes, I do. I, I can only speak for myself. I personally do at least one to two pound every year, every April. Okay. And do you check that with inflation? Yes. So I think I think my main bugbear is because. I was like this, guys. I'm not. Pra- I'm just not just preaching at people, saying charge more, charge more, and just have done that since day. I made the mistake. I spent eight years not upping my price, or if I did up my price in those times, I'd be like, I'll up it by a pound. Not looking at inflation, so therefore I ended up earning less than I was when I first started. And the only way I could earn more was by doing more dogs, which knackered me out in the long term. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to up my prices, and that was when Ryan um, joined our salons and he's now a business partner, and when we upped our prices, I was so scared. I mean, up them by 20%. 
And literally, we worked out on our figures that we could lose 33% of our clients and still make more money. And we didn't lose 33%. We lost less than that. So we ended up making so much more money for just, if I'm going to be honest and brutal, growing my balls and going for it. Mm-hmm. And taking my business seriously. So whether you charge £20, whether you charge £35, whether you charge £90, whatever you do, if you want to be earning the same as you do now, relatively, in four years, five years, ten years, you have to up your prices every year with inflation. Yeah. I think I think it's something that I want to draw attention to as well, is where do you stand with experience? So do you think that a newbie groomer should be charging the same as somebody who's been in the game a long time? And, you know, we always see these people on Facebook saying £20 every dog or 25 quid every dog. Everybody yeah. sees them, right? And everybody always gets immediately pissed off at them. But how would you say as a new brand new groomer who doesn't have the experience, who's maybe fresh out of college, doesn't have the confidence, isn't great at the moment because let's face it we were all there and I feel comfortable enough saying when you first come out of college you're not great until you've got that experience you take a very long time how would a a newbie set their prices when you know they need to get them customers through the door once they're in they can up the prices or you know should they be I would say you've got to be careful not making a rod swing your own back so to speak so if you if you start too low then you're going to get the customers that will only be prepared to pay that much. And then you're kind of, as you get better, you're kind of stuck. So what I would suggest is make a pricing structure on what you want it to be, how much you want to earn, know what your bottom line is and know how much you want to earn. And then if you're going to, for the first six months of a year, you can offer a discount on that amount. So you can say that, um, in the first year of grooming with me or like you know in 2019 or if you book in between January and March you'll get a 20% discount and then you know that that's giving you three months to get more experience with those dogs and then you up it and they know that's going to happen not just because you're going in 20 dog, 20 pound every dog yeah. um just, what do you think of that yeah no I, t- I totally agree with that and I think it is a minefield for new groomers because they do get slated when they first come in and they think you know I'm going to get as many clients as I can in going chief and then like you said making a rod for your own back it is very very hard to up your prices significantly from 20 quid to 35 say um because 15 quid is a, is a very big jump but you could, like you say, you could market yourself as a newbie. I'm just a new new groomer. If anybody would like to come to me for experience, I'm offering discount rates for the first six months or whatever. However, you need to get that experience with them customers. Just make sure that it is not a permanent price and that is not yes. how you're advertising your business. And, and I, I would suggest to go for that way rather than going in at the £20 because you will get those clients that will literally only pay that £20 and will never go up with you. And that's not really helping you either grow. And they're the, they're the customers that always get shitty as well. Like, yeah. I can't believe you've upped the price by 15 quid and nobody wants to be dealing with that. Nobody want, nobody needs that shit in their life. No. Um, and just one, one thing that I do really want to make clear before we finish this conversation and I think it's something that so many groomers do not do and then get caught out is make sure that you put 20% of your money away for tax. 
yeah that is so important and when you're working out what your bottom line is make sure that you include that 20 percent for tax because when it comes to january and they're knocking at your door and you've made 50 grand they're going to want 20 percent of the pie so make sure that you don't get caught out because i just want as well nick before we end the conversation about money because i think we could go on forever about it um but i just want anyone that is listening to this and finding this hard to make a decision on what to do i need to do is have a look and record how many hours you are working a week okay so it's not just about the hours in the salon how long it takes you to do that dog it's how you're running your business how long you're spending on instagram social media um facebook um advertising uh, on your accounts you need to be paid for every moment you're working in that business try and remove your mind about just about the time you're grooming the dogs okay find out how much each thing costs in your business everything from the tissue from the the water to the electric everything you use and all your grooming equipment cleaning products yeah exactly you need to know everything that costs you because what you find is a lot of people tend to go to their accountant at the end of the year get your paperwork sort and then find out that you earn so little okay so i want you to find out how many hours you're working a week what is your bottom line and then from that you can then work out what you want to charge to make sure you get your wage and then on top of that profit you need to think about holiday pay you need to think about sick pay all these things as a non-employed person you need to look after yourself so yes it might seem like if you spent an hour grooming a dog and you've got 20 quid in your back pocket but when you take away the 20 percent for your, your tax man you take away all of those other things i've just said to you will you be so happy if you're left with three pound or five pound or minimum wage do you really want all the stress of owning your own business for minimum wage think about it and that's sophie's business trick you can't be hilarious when you can't even speak (laughs) exactly i think it's a really good one and i think we can talk more and if anyone's got any other questions feel free to shout them over to our whatsapp number which is 07520 670797. And um yeah, we'll help you. I think what we'll do is we'll we'll speak about it in the groomer a little bit. We'll set up some polls and we'll say about, you know, whether people think that it matters whereabouts in the country you are or whether it doesn't. Let's see what people think about it. We'll have a conversation. Like I said, if anybody needs any help, there's always somebody on any of the admin are on on the groomer who will be able to help you. Um, I know Ryan Lee has got quite a lot of experience in it. He admins the group. So, you know, there's always a wealth of knowledge and get him, get him working harder because he needs something to do. (laughs) (laughs) So next, next week we're going to be talking about, which leads quite nicely because we're talking about what's your favorite bit of equipment you couldn't live without. We're also going to go to the opposite side of the spectrum and we're going to talk about historical dog grooming. So we're going to be really delving deep into what people used to have to use. They didn't have as many options as what we did. So hopefully we're going to be getting somebody on the podcast who will be able to um, delve into the history of grooming. Maybe someone from the 70s would be great. I would love to know about grooming in the 70s. That would be fantastic. So before we go today, we're going to end on the client story of the week. It's time for the client story of the week. And this lady has asked us to keep her name out of it. So it's an anonymous one. So she said, Dear Nicole and Sophie, here's my client story. 
I have an old client who used to bring their dog every 10 weeks. They are two Shih Tzus. This is too long. She refuses to bring them every eight weeks, which is usually my maximum length that I recommend. The nails are always too long. The first so thick, it takes ages to dry and she won't pay extra. So I have refused to groom them anymore. I used the last lockdown as an excuse that I couldn't get her in. And I've just told her I'm not prepared to groom them 10 weekly. My max is eight weekly as it weakens my blades and they take forever to dry on 10 weeks. Their nails are also like quavers. She said I have two to pay for and she can't afford eight weeks. I feel horrible refusing her, but it's not fair on me or a poor dog's leaving them that long. Have I done the right thing? What would you girls do? I know it's only two weeks difference, but it does have an impact on the groom in my eyes. What do you reckon, Soph? So for me, it depends on what cut she's doing. So I would, if, if it's 10 weeks and it is literally just a shave off, then I would like say, look, I'm going to seven F all of them or 10 all of them. And that's all I can do. If, if she's doing 10 weeks and that dogs, they're shih tzus, right? Yeah. And, and, and that dog wants long legs and, and all the, the shebang, then I would say, look, you need to find a groomer that's willing to do this because I'm not willing to do it for 10 weeks. But I feel like if we do do some dogs that are longer and we charge them a little bit more for being 10 weeks and also we would their 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 um cut has to change their um haircut has to change to suit that financial situation and the length that they can come i i think what always works really well for me is whenever i come up against a situation where something like that happens I always think that it's such a good idea to always give the client the choice so say look here's what's happening you can have this cut every 10 weeks but this is the price it's going to be or you can come in every eight weeks and it's going to be you can have that cut and it's this going to be the same price or you come in every 10 weeks I'm going to shave them off and we can keep the same price yeah so I think yeah, it's up to them. Yeah. And then the she can decide what she wants to do. You've you've stood your ground, you've said, look, I can do anything you want, but it's either gonna have you're either gonna have to compromise on the dog's haircut, the price or the price of it. And yeah. then just leave it in their in their car. And then if they still combat it, just I would just say, Well, I don't think I think you're probably gonna have to find a groomer who's willing to suit your needs. Yeah. That's how I think I would handle it. Yeah, I think I think that's the right way. We have some really awkward clients, and we do we write it down. And I think writing it down is a good idea because you write write it down and send them away with that piece of paper or letterhead or whatever, whatever way you want to do it. And then you can have um, it on your records too, so that then thirty weeks down the line, free cuts in, and she starts quibbling about the price or quibbling about the haircut. You can say, remember, this is what you said. Um, because sometimes actually just verbally doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> People go one in one ear and out the other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, there you have it. We've laughed, we've cried, we've argued. <laughs> that is this week's podcast. <laughs> so Thank you, guys. Thanks very much for joining us and make sure that you catch up on the conversation in the groomer group. We'll be talking about pricing and we would love to hear what you have to say about the pricing and what you do. And we also want to know what is the one piece of equipment you cannot live without. So until next week, when we talk about it, there's only one. Thing and what's that sound? What's that sound, guys? What's that sound? Which is? Whip, <laughs> Whip it at. 
Thank you for listening to the Whip It Out podcast with Nicole and Sophie. Don't forget to like and subscribe.